app can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, an equal housing lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest. Top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fist of cuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing. Counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to the throwing jabs Combat Sports Podcast. I'm Big Jace, joined by Joe Aguirre and Jared Jones. And, I mean, not a lot of fights to talk about, but we got a very, very fun who you got to make up for that. But let's dive right into the fights. Caitlin Vieira gets the split decision against Holly Holm. I'm not going to lie, fellas. I turned this fight off right as it ended. I thought, oh, my gosh, Holly's got this. I texted you guys. Oh, I feel like I disrespected Holly Holm. I when I I didn't realize Ketlin Vieira won till I, I was making the notes for this show. I I I didn't I, I didn't look. Holly ah. Holm got it in my brain. Holly Holm got it, and I was just like, "What the heck?" I I I had Holly Holm winning that fight. I picked Vieira. I bet on Vieira, and I had a three-two Holly. We all three had it for home. I think right, Joe. Yeah, uh, I actually had it 4-1 for home. and Which is a good card. Jace, no I sat card. there. Uh, I actually waited because I wanted to see Holly's hand get raised. I thought I, I deserved that much. And, uh, yeah, the, the worst part of this, and, and uh, Jared, I, I talked to you about this the other day. 
going into the fifth round, Vieira's corner said, what are you doing? You're giving this fight away. You're down 3-1. Everybody knew Ketlin Vieira was down 3-1 going into the fifth round. I don't think she won the fifth round either, but maybe she did. Still not enough. And here's the other thing, and I and I I know I mentioned this to Jared, so I'll mention this to everybody else. Ten minutes of control time by home, who also outstruck Vieira by a lot. I don't know what metric you're judging a fight by. I don't know what other metric there is to judge an MMA fight. Now, Jared said, and I've seen some people argue this, uh, Vieira had harder punches. I don't know that we're judging on that. I don't know that that's – I've what? never seen that before as the – no, listen. Listen, if you if you were to make we're that argument – We're talking about fights, though, at the end of the day. I know we're scoring them, and there's a lot of numbers did, involved. How did Israel Adesanya beat um, Max Holloway last fight? Well, first you have to ask, did <laughs> – Right? I mean, he didn't land the harder punches. He got outstruck, and he lost control time. How did he win that fight? He didn't wobble Holloway. He didn't wobble him at all in that fight. So, again, I say, I mean, there's got to be some consistent metric how we're going to decide when these things go the distance. Worse is when they go three. Because sometimes the three-rounders, you're like, hmm. Yeah, I really don't know who won that one. That was tough, and it doesn't give me a lot to work with. But there's got to be a metric. There's got to be a measured metric to this. This can't be like figure skating in the 80s. Who was who was this? Ju- I'm, I'm a week ahead. Um, I need two weeks ago, and I said the guy's plan was just to get, uh, lose the last 15 seconds of every round. Ah! Uh, 14 UFC. This just happened. Um, was it Rocket? Rakich. Rakich Simplahovich, yeah. So you've got this one guy winning and winning and winning and winning and winning for four and a half minutes and then gets almost stopped. And Blahovich won that fight. Not because he landed more punches, not because he had more control times, but because all the scary moments were for the other guy. I mean, hitting harder and getting beat up has to make a difference in a fight at some point. I'm not arguing that she won. I had Holly 3-2. But I also said Joe took a little exception to Holly Holm has lost a step. This is not the same Holly Holm that beat Christy Martin and Mia St. John back-to-back. This is an uh, uh, an older, more experienced uh, crossover to MMA. This is something a little different than that. Did she win this fight? Yes, I think so. And do we owe Holly Holm something here as the fight game? That's how I feel at the end of the day. Who gets this? Who gets this title shot? You give it to Vieira. She's going to get more chances. She just beat Holly Holm on paper. I don't know about in the octagon, but she beat her on paper. And this is the person I picked. I mean, that ought to hold more weight because I I won money. 
and said she'd win. And then she won. And I don't think she did. Um, and I also was really confused with this fight. It looked like home had all the grappling and all the groundwork and Vieira had all the striking. Why was she getting outstruck? That was weird. Why was Holly getting outstruck? Yeah. I've never yeah. seen that before. Catching straight right hands right in her mouth. Repeatedly. Well, the biggest thing I think I've learned, I learned from this fight or, I mean, I think there's two instances with Holly Holm in this. Like the, the hugging against the cage. I mean, you have that control, but I mean, judges just, just don't like it. Uh, Holly did that against, that was her plan to attack against Cyborg. Just muscler, put her against the cage. And I thought she won a couple rounds because of that, but because you're not brawling, you're not hitting, judges don't like that. And I, I think Holly Holm, like you're strong enough to do that and force someone against the cage. I, I feel like there's, it's, it's, it's the thing we talk about judging all the time. It's the thing with you have these boxing judges and, and that boxing scoring coming into to MMA, like control against the cage. That should be that should be something just because it looks boring, just because you can't see what's going on and you don't understand the intricacies of the hand fighting and the hand placement and all that stuff that that shouldn't be deducted from you, you know? So I, I I, I think this is another instance. You got to look at it. I feel like every month there's at least one fight where we're always talking, hey, something's up with the scoring. And something's got to give eventually, right? They got to figure something out. I, I think they need to figure out a uniform scoring system that they can give to all three judges to explain this is the criteria that you need to judge this fight on. This is worth this. This is worth this. I like you're the right. LFA. Have you guys seen the LFA where they have the, they're like measuring the uh, miles per hour, the speed of the, of the strikes and the impact placement and putting a percentage on it. They're letting a computer do the work. And That's then great. lining them all up, the computer versus the fans versus the commentators and and they show who they all think won man and a lot of times i feel like that gets it right that there's just a computer watching for impact and who caused more impact is the winner and it it works i think it works check that out check that out they have a i think it's lfa that has a yeah a, a meter some kind of metered scoring system or or pfl pfl there you PFL, go yeah cool. But uh, I mean, I, I you like know, here, here. <laughs> yes, Why well, and, that, and, that, and that's true because, and you just said life. it about about scoring this according to the boxing rules. I mean, if I knock you down the first minute thirty, and you beat me up the rest of the fight, but you don't really get control and you don't knock me down, I win the round. Yeah, according to boxing. Um, right. Fury Wilder as a draw. Fury Wilder won as a draw. Where you've got one guy hitting harder and knocking the other guy down, and the other guy kind of outboxing him, and who won the fight? You get to the end, and I wish one of them had knocked the other out because I don't know who won. Depends on what you like. Yeah, I mean that's perfect. Chase had Wilder, and we had Fury. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but that's what I, you I like. Have Fury. But uh, no, no. <laughs> but uh, th th that is the perfect fight. You talk about that Undertaker moment for a. Uh, 
for Tyson Fury, in boxing rules, he lost that that round. But in MMA, after he came up, he, he was piecing Wilder up. He arguably won back that round if it were MMA-type scoring. So, yeah, I, I think... I literally think about that while I'm struggling. That's one of my moments. Uh, uh, Ray Karuth's son's grandmother on the other side. Like, I have these specific things that I go to, and if Tyson Fury could get up right then, is literally one of the things I go to when I'm struggling. Ah, you'd be tired in the morning. You'd be laying in bed like, ah, I can't get up. Well... I like that. If he got up from that, surely I can. And then you, and then when you do, you're like ready yeah. for the day. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hell yeah! But uh, also, uh, that said, I think this puts Ketlin Vieira in a spot where I don't think she's ready. I don't think she's ready for the step up. What she's about to get, maybe outside of what she's prepared for, totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. I, I think. I think if she, her, and Pena, I mean, if I, I think if it can turn into like a BJJ uh, match, I maybe Vieira can get something in, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you guys. It's gonna be even rough. Just, but it should be interesting. I, I, I love Amanda Nunes, but I'd like to see a little bit more diversity. Amanda can have featherweight. Let's see what. Let's see. Let's have a new. Queen of the Bantamweights, maybe. Well, we'll see. But uh, all right, that's going to do it for the recap. And like I said, not a lot of fights. We'll get into the fight tonight. First, let's take a break before the who you got, both before we have some fun. So stay tuned. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. All right. Who you got? Fantasy matchmaker. I know, Joe, you like to give me a a little bit of slack because I like to make these very, very open-ended. This one, I, I, I set pretty good guidelines. I like so it. the UFC, all the boxing promotions, all the sanctioning bodies coming together to put a big fight card at the end of the year. They called upon us to be the matchmakers. Five fight main card. And the only guidelines is we need one super fight, one normal title fight, and one possible show stealing fight of the night non-title fight to kick off the main card. Joe? Let's go first with you. 
Awesome. Uh, Usyk versus Fury in the main event. Josh Taylor versus Terrence Crawford for the welterweight title. Well, the title titles. I'll take Valentina versus Pena for the bantamweight title. I've got Usman Adesanya for that middleweight strap. And then Deontay Wilder versus Francis Ngannou. And we'll see what happens. I love that so much. Damn. Damn, that's a, that's a really, really good card. That's a solid card. You'd pay for that. Oh, yeah. All right, Jared, can you beat it? Uh, yes, I think so. Uh, okay. All right, five fights, right? Um, well, there's something I think that every fight fan in the world wants to see, and that's Jake Paul getting the ring with somebody who can fight. Maybe not a killer, but a boxing match with somebody who can fight, and I think a guy that's proven he can box a little bit is Anderson Silva. And I'd like to start the event with Anderson Silva versus Jake Paul. Fight number two. Um, we're bringing over Kayla Harrison and she's going to fight the winner of Noons Pena. Uh, we got 10 pounds to cover there, but we're going to make it happen. Pena walks around real big. So, or, uh, Noons, I mean, if she gets past Pena, we could, we could make that fight at 155. Um, Loma, I still think is one of the greatest fighters on the planet. I want him to fight Tank Davis for that strap. Loma versus Davis. Um, the co-main is Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall. You guys had to know we were going to see that one. And our heavyweight headliner is Usyk versus Tyson Fury. Damn, okay. Nice little overlap there with Joe's in the main event. All right, I went. I like that. I think, okay. I like that one as well. I, I went I went more super fight heavy. I got two super fights on mine. So, but I'm gonna start it off. I'm with you, Jared. With your first fight, kick it off. We want to see Jake Paul get his ass kicked <laughs> against the Spider nice. Anderson Silva. And I mean, that's perfect. I think that's a fight Jake Paul would take, and I think Anderson Silva would whoop that. Ass. Same I size, about 185. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. And I mean, uh, who, who did Anderson Silva just beat? Uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he fought since then, though. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, he did. But I mean, still, that's a, that's, I mean, he's not the greatest. He's not a champion. <laughs> that's still a top of the, still a professional boxer. Oh, Tito Ortiz. Oh, oh. That, that's right. Chavez and Ortiz. Okay. Fought Ortiz right. at 190, though. So, yeah. There it is. All right. Come on, Jake Paul. Get that smoke. But, uh, I, right, and then it's going to happen. I'm putting it on this card Stipe Miocic versus John Jones at heavyweight. Perfect fight. I've been talking about this fight forever. It needs to happen. Johnny's <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. 
That's a good one said there. But uh, all right, uh, yeah, Stipe, John Jones. Right now, rumors are it's in September, uh, maybe. But uh, yeah, let's get that going. Both long layoffs. That's just a perfect fight that needs to happen for at least both these parties. Um, then getting into the title fights, Earl Spence Jr., Terrence Crawford, give it to us already for boxing's undisputed welterweight championship. And let's get into the super fights. Now, uh, Amanda, I think Amanda Nunes, I think take featherweight. Let's see what happens at bantamweight. Yeah, I think – Someone needs to carry featherweight. That that needs to, if you're gonna keep it a, a, a division, actually build it out. Have Amanda Nunes be the 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 leader of it, and just figure it out from there. So I'm having her stay at featherweight. I'm having Juliana Pena defend her bantamweight championship against a former bantamweight title contender, Valentina Shevchenko. Amanda Nunez isn't there anymore. Get yourself two belts. You're number one pound for pound in women's already. Become the women's go. Let's go. Grab that second strap. Hell yeah. And then my main event for the vacant UFC lightweight championship. Charles Oliveira against UFC Featherweight champion Alexander Volkanovsky. Uh, ever since, ever since that last hallway fight, I've been talking about it. Volkanovsky means move up. You, you saw how big he was on the rugby fields. He can gain some weight, and he can put and he can put it on. I, I think, I, I think that's that's going to happen eventually, and I want it to happen pretty soon because I think that there are some fun, fun fights at lightweight. For one, Alexander Volkanovsky. I'm glad that you've become such a big Volkanovsky fan. Because <laughs> you had every reason to not no, like that guy. I, yeah. I mean, I I, I didn't hate him. I, I just liked Max more. Yeah. I appreciate that. Hey, well, good. Like Ortega more. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean. If they rematch, would you take Ortega again? Yeah. All right, so that bet's on then, yeah? Hell yeah. When that rematch happens, Jared, you hear that? Oh, yeah. Taking me up on it. All right. I would love to. This time, I want to do it myself, though. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Film it. I think that's only right. I should get the pleasure of shaving your head. Okay. And I'll do it in sections and then take pictures. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do like. Just the top, and we'll keep Dude, all the hair the on the Mr. Yeah. T. Oh, God. Yeah. Followed by, yeah. Just as oh, long as you're not like shaving a penis into my head. That's all. That's all. Oh, well, don't give us any idea. I know. <laughs> Jeez, now that you mention it. <laughs> Leave a little strip of hair so it looks like it's fencing. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. That was great. Oh, that was amazing. Uh, but I mean, these cards are amazing. Uh stay tuned. Make sure you follow throwing jabs on Twitter, Facebook, all the socials. We're gonna put uh, both all three of these cards up and you're gonna vote for which pay-per-view you're paying for. 
So, yeah, uh, which of these pay per views are you shelling out seventy five dollars for? Clear choice. Yeah, yeah hey, like that. Dude, I mean, thank you for saying these, so. <laughs> if all these organizations are going together, then this pay per view is going to be like two hundred dollars if this were to actually happen. Let's be honest here. Yeah, it should. <laughs> yeah, but uh, all right, all right, we got a fight to talk about. But first, let's take another break. We'll be back. Break down Javante Wilder. Tank. De- I mean, what what did I just say? Javante Wilder. My brain. Joe, I think you're passing on some COVID brain. Yeah, man. The COVID <laughs> brain is real. Uh, Tank Davis versus Romero. Ronaldo Romero. So, yeah, stay tuned, and we'll talk about that right after this. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. Five-time world champion Gervonta Tank Davis defends his WBA lightweight title against number one ranked contender Rolando Romero on Saturday night at the legendary Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Let's break it down. Rolando Romero is 26 years old. He's five foot eight with a 68-inch reach and a record of 14-0 with 12 knockouts. From Las Vegas, Nevada, Romero, the son of a three-time Cuban national boxing champion, began competing in judo at the age of nine, though his father convinced him to switch to boxing at 16. He began a brief amateur career that brought him to the Olympic trials, and after failing to make the team, he began sparring at the Mayweather Boxing Club, where he was able to impress Floyd Mayweather enough to secure a contract. He made his professional debut in December of 2016 with an explosive first-round knockout. Over the next three years, he went 9-0 with eight knockouts before making his first major step up in competition when he blew out Juan Carlos Cordones in one round in November of 2019. Three months later, he got his first national exposure when he defeated Arturs Ahemetovs by second-round knockout on the undercard of Fury versus Wilder II. On August 15, 2020, he captured the vacant WBA interim title when he beat Jackson Marinez by controversial unanimous decision in a fight which most observers believed should have gone the other way. He defended his belt five months later with an explosive seventh-round stoppage of Avery Sparrow and in July of 2021 took on last-minute replacement Anthony Yigit defeating him by seventh-round stoppage after securing multiple knockdowns in a dirty and foul-filled fight that was loudly booed throughout due to the roughhouse tactics. A highly aggressive pressure fighter, Romero is excellent at cutting off the ring and possesses thunderous one-punch knockout power in both hands. Gervonta Tank Davis is 27 years old. He's 5'5 with a 67.5-inch reach and a record of 26-0 with 24 knockouts. 
From Baltimore, Maryland, Tank began training at five years old and by 12 had already begun his illustrious amateur career, winning three straight national silver gloves championships, the 2012 Golden Glove Championships, and two gold medals at the National Junior Olympics, finishing with a record of 206 and 15. He turned pro in February of 2013 with a first round knockout and won his first 13 with 12 knockouts when he brutally stopped former IBF champion Cristobal Cruz in three rounds in 2015. He won his next three by stoppage before taking on Jose Pedraza for the IBF Super Featherweight title, dominating the champion from the start and then knocking him out in the seventh round with a perfectly timed right hook. He defended that belt twice, first with a third-round knockout over Liam Walsh and an eighth-round knockout of Francisco Fonseca before winning the WBA Super Featherweight belt with a vicious beatdown of champion Jesus Solar, dropping him three times to force the stoppage in round three. After two title defenses, a first-round knockout of Hugo Ruiz and a second-round TKO of Ricardo Nunes, he took on former two-time champion Yorokis Gamboa, dropping him in the second and eighth rounds before stopping him in the 12th. On October 31, 2020, he scored the Ring Magazine Knockout of the Year when he won the WBA Super Featherweight title with a thunderous one-punch left-hook uppercut of Leo Santa Cruz. In June of 2021, he moved up to Super Lightweight, defeating WBA regular champion Mario Barrios dropping him twice in the 8th and again in the 11th to score an impressive TKO, and six months later returned to lightweight to defend his regular title against Isaac Cruz, going the distance for only the second time in his career and route to a unanimous decision victory and an exciting back-and-forth slugfest. A hard-hitting southpaw, Tank possesses tremendous power in both hands, as well as blinding speed and the ability to correctly gauge the distance while economically picking his shots. We will remember will be able to use his strength and rugged style to frustrate and overwhelm Davis as he tries to make a big statement? Or will Tank's speed and one-punch knockout power prove to be too much as he continues to cement his place amongst the biggest name in the sport? Tune in Saturday night for Davis versus Romero, and let's find out. All right, Joe. Will Tank regulate his regular championship against Rolando Romero? Um... I'll say this. Listen, uh, Rolando Romero gives him an interesting look. Uh, he's a very aggressive fighter. You know, the question I have is, is you know, Romero hasn't faced the competition level that Gervonta Davis has faced, you know, over his last five or six fights. So I think Romero's got, I mean, this is a knockout guy too. Someone's getting knocked out in this fight. I think that's pretty clear. Who's it going to be is a really good question. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this yesterday, but at the weigh-in, you saw it? Uh, they started flexing, and uh, Davis was being all super cool and stuff, and Romero got all up in his – and put his arms up. And uh, Tank Davis, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen it like this before, but he um, he pushed him off the stage. One of the coolest things I've ever seen. As a matter of fact, I'm uploading the video. Here it Fight. is. It's Javante Tank Davis versus Rolando Roli Romero. 
He pushed him off the stage. I thought that was amazing. We haven't seen. Did you like see that. the Will Smith moment? <laughs> play it again and look for the step back. Can you play it again? Fight. It's Javante Tank Davis versus Rolando Roly Romero. Hold me back. Hold me back. What are you doing? You're going to put your hands on another man, then put them up. That Will Smith moment. Man, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I'm going to hit somebody and then run. Hey, why don't you grab his hat or something like Jake Paul? At least if you're going to be like a troll and just try to... Just go, 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 go be a heel. Like, go full on with it. Grab his hat, run up to the upper deck and make him chase you to try to get his hat back. And we could play that game. You push him and hide behind some old man. What happened? That old man gets hit. Play that again and look at the old man standing next to him. What happens if Roly punches that old man by accident? That guy's going to the hospital. You'll put that guy in a coma, he catches a punch. Guy's like 98 years old and you went and hit behind him. Just like Will Smith hiding behind Jada. I hope Roly whoops this kid's ass. Fight. It's Javante Tank Davis versus Rolando Roly Romero. Hit that guy. Hit that guy. <laughs> he swings and misses. He's catching a murder charge tank that's messed up. <sighs> yeah. Pushed him uh, off the stick. That was such a blatant push. And then the ran behind the senior citizens. Yeah, that yeah. that could have that ended the fight. We yeah. had McGregor do something stupid once, and two or three of the fights got canceled. It was outrageous. He got sued for fight purses. That's what you're looking at. That's a stupid, stupid move, man. Yeah. And then if you're like – it bothers me so much because if it was a spur of the moment thing and you just did it because he stood in front of you and you got angry, then you then you were being aggressive and pushed him and what the hell did you back up for? Right? So it wasn't that. This was like thought out. And are you nervous? Were you trying to injure him? Is this fight look different than to, to I'll tell you what, you talked about uh Roley having trouble with Martinez. Martinez came down eight pounds for that fight. In March, April, May of 2019, Tank's fighting at 129. This kid's fighting at 142. So you're talking about a 12 to 14 difference between those two guys. Roley loses to one, but this is a bigger person than Davis. This is your Bivol Canelo. This is your Lopez Loma. There's, there are ways for Roley to win this fight. When's the last time Davis you saw Tank Davis in a fight and he won every round? He doesn't. He loses. He gets hit. He loses rounds. He knocked out Santa Cruz, and you knew he was going to the whole time, and that kid won two or three rounds based on every judge's scorecard. He regularly loses rounds, and he's fighting a bigger guy. This could be dangerous, and I don't understand why you try to hurt him, shove him off the stage. Hmm. I mean, that's the thing with Tank. I mean, it doesn't matter how many rounds you lose if you put him to sleep at the end, right? Well, and then you end up wilder, and there's that guy you can't put to sleep, and you and you got to walk on with your losses. Is there was Orlando a Romero that guy, Jared? I think he might be. I think he might be. There was a question in one of the one of the groups I follow: Would you take footwork or punching power? And to some degree, I'd take punching power. But if I'm elite, one of the best in the world, give me footwork. 
give me full work. I'll have a longer, better career because that won't always save you. And to get your punching power off, you need to be close enough to the to the other person. This this is a tough fight for Davis. I think this is a tough fight. I think this is very Bivol-esque. You tried to cherry pick from a weight class that's a little bit bigger than you are because you're that good. I appreciate you trying to be great. You should fight a more household name, and you may lose this fight. It's very, very Canelo-esque. Yeah, but I, I, I don't see it going that way, though. I, I think, I think Jared is. Uh, I, I, I think. Jesus. In my emotions, I, I got the COVID brain. J- Joe passed on the COVID brain. We were just talking about that before the show. But I, no, Javante Davis. I think, I, I think he's good enough to put anyone to sleep. But I, I think he will get bested by like top top line guys. I do. I get what you're saying, Jared. The, the size thing is is that, that 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 should be an issue. I think it will be an issue. Sorry. It's gonna lose him some rounds, but I think Javante Davis will eventually put him to sleep. And but because Romero solid, but I, I think it's gonna take one of those guys. Either whether I, I think he loses to the top guys in this division, the top lightweights. I think even just like those. I mean, but we saw him against like guys like Gamboa and that stuff who were on that fringe. I think it's going to be one of those like fringe, like just on the outside looking in guys that Davis is going to struggle with. And I don't see that being Romero. I don't see that being Romero. Yeah, I may be in my feelings. He's a plus 500. And I and I want Davis to lose. I probably picked against him two, three times on the show. I may be, I, maybe I picked him once out of his three or four fights, but. I'm waiting for this guy to lose, and he will. Yeah, I, I, I bet you people were saying the same thing when Combasos uh, fought Lopez. So I don't, you know, listen, these guys are very overhyped. Romero's shorter. Uh, Davis is shorter, so, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, Jared. I, I wonder, I've read this uh, a few different ways. You know better than me. You like punching up or punching down? Uh, well, down, down, more force. You generate more force and leverage when you're punching down. Definitely down. I think Romero is, again, dude, one of the things about Tank I don't love, and you see when he drops that, the big left uppercut, the way he sets it up, to me, Against high-quality opponents, I don't think he ever lands one. Oh, I think well, the, the setup on that thing. And and so... I, what I, happens I, to a pitch as it approaches home play, Joe? Yeah, yeah. It decreases in speed. Yeah. The farther that has to travel, which is why those Liddell punches, if you can get a lot of momentum on them and throw them full speed... Great, but they take a lot of energy, they travel further, and they have a tendency to tail off in speed at the end if you're taller and uppercutting. And that's the only punch the physics work for the shorter guy until he's reaching too far and the punch is losing steam on its way up. But aside from the uppercut, it's always taller. It's the leverage. Yeah. I'm going to take Romero. Oh! I'm going to take Romero in the upset. 
My man. I'm going to do it. I parlayed him with the heat last night, baby. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just something something tells me this is Tank's time to lose. Would not surprise me. I like that. Yeah. Somebody's going to sleep tonight, and it's going to be Tank Davis. I, I, I want to do that, but I... I don't know. I feel like I've clowned Davis too much. I think it, it, once he starts, like, I'm going to give him the respect against these no names, but once it gets to, like, the big show, what well, if it gets to the big show and the big fights, that's what I'm going to fade away because I think he's just going to be able to just knock these guys, knock these uh, struggling guys out. But I don't know. It should be past this one. It's not too much more, man. There are not too many more steps for him to make where he's going to keep having the success he's having. Yeah. It's not good enough. Yeah. Uh, eventually. Uh, when's that Ryan Garcia fight going to happen? That's all I want to know. Ah, both talking of those about guys. It, are talking rated. about it. Yeah, I'm like not. It's strange that I'm not. I want to see a real fighter beat both of them. <laughs> what do we learn if one of them beats the other one? Right. Not much. Very, very true. Um fight yeah. and figure out what the hell we're working with. <laughs> I mean, is there's fun fights to be had for Davis here. I mean, it like we've talked about this before. I, I'm it, I'm pretty sure it was tanked. Like, you don't wanna I mean you if you go and you fight the best of the best, no one's clowning you on losing to a Haney. Even if you lose to a Garcia, no one's no one's really you don't lose that much stock. That's still these are still top guys. So I, I think if you lose to a guy like Rolando Romero, you're done. No one's you're not main eventing another fight for a while. I mean maybe because you're you got Floyd Mayweather. The whole Floyd Mayweather rub, but I mean, he, or but look what happened to Adrian Broner. So I mean, J- Jared, I'm surprised you haven't brought up Adrian Broner. Every time we talk about Tank, he, he gets brought up. So I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I think yeah, the, these two guys are gonna come in brawl. I, Tank, you know what he's gonna do? Set up the uppercut, try to put you to sleep, uh, and then. Lando, it, I, the size, I, I think, is going to be the issue, and I think it's going to make it a fun fight. I think we're going to – I think I th- it's just going to be a fun fight. I'm excited, uh, and we'll see what happens. But uh, all right, Jared, you're talking about the parlay with Rolando Romero and the Heat. He got a big win last night, but uh, going into game seven, the two best words in sports. Uh, make sure you tune in to post it up. Uh, we started that back up last week. Uh, I said that he, we're going to win the series. Now we're going to game seven. Going to be a big posting up tomorrow for that game seven. So make sure you stay tuned. And you can find that at clovercrestmedia.com. Uh, like this and a bunch of other fantastic podcasts. But uh, all right. Talk about making us money, Jared. How are you going to make us money? tonight that par- that parlay was actually a round robin oh I yeah sent, i sent you guys a uh a photo of it 
Um, yeah, so round robin, it had the Heat, it has Roley, and then these are the two I really like, Morgan Jones and Lloyd Germain. Morgan Jones is fighting Jerome Warburton, um, both undefeated. I just think uh, Jones is the better guy, more hype, uh, better pedigree, and better future. And Lloyd Germain is fighting Jake Tinklin. Jake Tinklin is favored and undefeated, and I've been Cat Williamsing all week since I bet on this fight about poor little Tink Tink. <laughs> poor, little, poor little Jake Tink Tink getting his butt kicked today by Lloyd Germain. So that's the upset. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Things are up, upwards for you, right, Jared? I mean, the Heat won, so everything's looking good for this. Yes, so sir. Let's, let's keep it rolling, baby. But uh, all right. That's going to do it for fights. Not that much to talk about. We had a fun. Who you got? Well, more fights next week to talk about. And, I mean, enjoy the Gervonta Davis fight. It should be should be interesting. Uh, also got another regular champion on there in Lady Laura in the co-main event. So, I mean, you like watching regular champions. Tune into that. But who likes watching regular champions? We like watching real champions here. But, uh, all right, for myself. Big Jace, Joe Gwyn, and Jared Jones. That's going to be it. Uh, make sure you check out clovercrestmedia.com. And uh, big shout out to our sponsors, Annie Mac Mortgage, JPEX Financial, and uh, Shamrock Home Inspection. Make sure you check them out for all your needs. And we're going to end the show like we always do. And Jared, brother, hit us with that flurry. The one guy with a bad back. Uh, so I had this visual after I did a flurry a couple weeks ago to try to help people understand their confusion. Um, and the visual I got was an old man sitting over in the corner, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, there's an old man sitting over in the corner and a bunch of people standing around and stuff. And then one guy comes out and he walks in. And everybody looks at him and starts laughing. There's something wrong. There's something wrong with that guy's back. Look at him. Look, he's all crinked and oh, yeah, something's wrong with his back. And the old guy over in the corner says, no, nothing's wrong with that guy's back. We're all going to be walking like that in the future. Try to imagine the first homo erectus. The first evolution of human being where we were walking upright and how all the other people were looking at that person who walked upright. There was something wrong with his back. And the guy that said there's nothing wrong with his back and we're all going to walk like that in 100 years was the crazy guy. Autism is evolution. This was a belief I had a long, long time ago, late 90s. The rest of the world of science and the smart people are starting to pick up on this idea that ADD and autism are evolution. We are getting better at numbers, better at technology, better at memory, and not as good at socializing because that's the world we live in and that's what the demand is. We try to force as much information into our brain in a single day as we did in a lifetime a hundred years ago. How do you think nature is going to respond to that demand? 
the same way it did with our backs and our eyes and our feet. Our brains have evolved to keep us at the top of the food chain. They're gonna continue doing that and thinking that our memories will be better in the future, will be better with numbers in the future, and we may not be at, as good at socializing doesn't shock me at all. It actually makes perfect sense. That's where we're headed. The world is adjusting. Leave the kids alone. Thanks, guys. Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand when it comes to fisticuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got your missing wave, feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and aid, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes, there's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bring in crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry, it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats. Relax if you want the facts, cause the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meat, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.